Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Richmond. I am Connor O'Gara. Big, big news. The SEC is officially a basketball conference. You heard it here first. Four teams. Four teams. Four teams. First time that the SEC has sent four teams to the Sweet 16 since? 1996. And what were you doing in 1996? Um, I think we have a, my mom sent me a picture the other day of me in jean shorts eating a bucket of fries, like a whole bucket at Disney World, so that was cool. Not much has changed. No, not at all. I still do that. Yeah. Uh, gotta do what you gotta do. the best part about that, Connor, fries. the SEC won the national championship that year. This is true. This is true. So that's a hell of a stat you dug that. up with. That was good. Real good. Yes. Uh, and the coach of that SEC team was none other than Slick Rick himself. Bama's Rick new coach. Tino. Oh, man. Love it. Can't wait to get into that. We are going to talk about some SEC coaching vacancies. We're going to talk about that when we do our midweek podcast. Yeah. We'll circle back to that subject. But uh, we're going to break down the weekend that was for the SEC, all the teams that are moving on to the Sweet 16. We're going to look back kind of at what stood out to us, look ahead to their upcoming matchups. We're recording this at 9 o'clock on Sunday night, so the only matchup that isn't set for an SEC team is Kentucky. We still don't know who won between Houston and Ohio State. Future us is going to know, but current us Can't does not wait. know. I like future me so much. Future future you is um, is promising. Yes. It's very promising. It's much more promising than current you. I'll That's say fine. That. That's fair. I can deal with that. Um, we're going to bring in Coach O in a few minutes um, to recap the weekend that was for LSU as well. We're going to do some predictions for all these games. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get to. We're even going to do fourth and wrong just because we can. Just because we want to squeeze yeah. in more fourth and wrong. we got a special three and a half hour episode. <laughs> so before we get to all that, though, I know I talked about this last week with Ticket City and about the distance to each game. So I did a little bit of you know internet searching and I looked up how far it was going to take for each, each team in the SEC that is left to get to their Sweet 16 destination. You'd be surprised to know that it actually worked out pretty well, and it actually kind of makes a lot of sense. There's nobody that really oh, wow. got too robbed. You, you did this, yeah, good for I, you. I did this. I really did this. Um, so LSU going to Washington D.C. 17-hour drive. Don't drive. Probably yeah. not the best idea. Yeah. Not not worth it. But Washington D.C. is great. You should definitely fly to Washington D.C. If you have not been, take the trip. Uh, Coach O, we know is probably going to be there, and I would love to just Senate follow Coach O. Senate democracy. We'll get you in in a minute, Coach, I promise. We'll get you in very soon. Auburn is going to Kansas City, which uh, Odell Beckham found out. That's actually in Missouri, not in Kansas. So, yeah, big news break for him. Uh, that's 12 and a half hours, so probably a little bit too far to drive. I mean, you can if you're really ambitious, but just fly. Uh, Kentucky going to Kansas City as well. That's an eight and a half hour drive. That's doable, but yeah, you got to have They'll some stamina it. for that. They'll drive for that. Yeah, they'll definitely drive for that. And then Tennessee to Louisville, that's... Four-hour drive. I mean, money Beautiful. in the bank. That's perfect road trip distance, if you ask me. That's like how far it was for me to get to college. Perfect distance away from your family, so nobody's going to surprise you. That's a really good point, that. yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of is. So you can come home you know, for breaks and all that stuff. You don't have to fly home, all that. Anyways, if you are going to one of those games, you need to get to TicketCity.com. Get all of your tickets. I know there were Auburn fans out there in Salt Lake. I heard them. They were loud. They were really, really loud. It was yeah. unbelievable. There were several that actually reached out to us. They actually watched the Facebook Live last week, and I was like, oh, you're real people. Good for you. Wow. Good for you, yeah. Auburn. Yeah, Auburn definitely. Auburn fans went to Ticket City to get those tickets, oh, yeah. and I'm sure. Look, I'm sure they're they're glad they did because they got to see Auburn light up Kansas, just yep. dominate them from start to finish. So, if you are looking to get tickets to a game this upcoming weekend, make sure that you are doing so on TicketCity.com. They're going to get you the best prices, and they're going to get you that once in a lifetime atmosphere. If you've not been to a Sweet 16 game. It's awesome. You should really get out to it. I'm not. Yeah. That's not part of the ad. Like seriously, just just go to it. It is a bucket list thing on the line. It, it is it is truly a one of a kind atmosphere. Besides, you know the whole Final Four national championship thing. But yeah. Get to a Sweet 16 game this weekend. Okay. So the tweet the Sweet 16 matchups for SEC teams are mostly set. Three of the four are set. We know that LSU is taking on number two seed Michigan State. We know that number five Auburn is taking on number one UNC. We know that number two Tennessee, by the skin of its little chinny chin is taking on number three Purdue. And we know that Kentucky is going to take on the winner of Houston and Ohio State. So both of them at the same time. Probably not. No. That'd be. I, I don't. I, I was just thinking about that really quick. Of like, if you could build an all-star team, if you could build a Houston Ohio State all-star team, it actually be pretty good. It wouldn't be anywhere near Kentucky, yeah. but. Um, just in terms of a talent perspective, but we'll get to that later. All right, I want to start with LSU because we got called out. I got called out, not you. Don't say not we. You. Me. 
beat me. I got called out big time because I was dead wrong about LSU. I said that it would be a major victory if they just won one NCAA tournament game. I still think that's true. I didn't think they were going to win in the first round. I didn't think they were going to win in the second round. And you know what? They're moving on to the Sweet 16 first time since 2006. You know who's on that team in 2006? Do you remember that? Pete Maravich. Very close. Um, oh, Baby, baby Davis. Yeah, Big Baby Davis. That's right. Tyrus Thomas. Shout out uh, Chicago Bulls draft pick. Yeah, that worked out really well. Oh, yeah. Tyrus um, Thomas forgot about it. He's like the oh, oh, Moving on. Yeah. Anyways, um, so, yes, I was dead wrong about LSU not being able to um, kind of keep it all together and overcome the absence of Will Wade. Uh, LSU is not 3-1 and one without Will Wade. Go figure. So I was wrong. I was wrong. But, 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 I'll say this and then I'll, I'll kick it to you because I know you have some thoughts on this as well. LSU, in those four games that it has gone 3-1 and one without Will Wade, has been outscored by an average of 13 points in the second yes, half alone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not been good. And LSU fans know, like, th- this is kind of the way it's gone the whole year. But LSU has had to sweat out these blown leads late, and they have been able to survive because guys like Skylar Mays and Tremont Waters, they have just come up big, yeah. big time down oh, the stretch. It's God, been man. unbelievable to watch some of the shots that these kids have been making. Waters was like a wizard out there the other day. It was incredible. Boy's good. I mean, Boy's good. so the, the concerning part for me is, and, and like, yeah, it wasn't us. It wasn't both of us that it happened. Yeah, it was, it was me. It was However, me. I also was, I mean, I had Belmont picked um, to get to the Sweet 16. I had LSU beating Yale. But also, as you pointed out, Yale missed 26 three-pointers. Yeah. And I think the main area of concern is, it's it's good they won. That's the bottom line. Survive in advance, what they always say. But, yeah, they've blown a double-digit lead like towards at least got within one or tied in their last three games apiece. And this is this would look so much different if, you know, obviously it's it's looking much different if you don't if you don't have a guy like Tremont Waters to, to come up in that spot and make that clutch shot. We're, this is a totally different conversation, yeah. and we're talking about Tony Benford blowing the lead and how, you know, LSU oh, just couldn't overcome not having its head coach. And, you know, there, there's still something to be said for that, and we'll get to the discussion more uh, when it comes to Michigan State. But, you know, I think that what you're looking at if you're an LSU fan, this season is already a win, in my opinion. Yeah. Like you, you won an SEC regular regular season title. You're getting to the second weekend. And if you look back to two and a half weeks ago, and you're thinking about even even a week ago, and you're thinking about all the ways that this can go and how sour this can end with this rare group of guys, you're, you're feeling good about yourself because all the pressure from LSU, everything from here on out, in my opinion, is gravy. I, that, I, I think at this point, you've already... logical. I agree with you. I don't think any of them feel that way. They are just like out for blood with a vengeance, especially on like social media. Like they are fired up. Um, oh, I got tweeted at, yeah. But I mean, like Big you're time. right. Like it, it should kind of be, I mean, the logical thing, we don't do that as fans, would be to look at it that way. That is not what's happening with LSU fans. It's, I mean, and to their credit, like it, they've really banded together. Um... It, it's been, I mean, not just the players, like the fans and everything, it's, it's gone really well, but it is still a concern, you know, like if they're going to be able to advance because they've gotten so close to teams they're way better than. They're way better than Maryland. Yeah, like Yale, Yale couldn't knock down a shot. Yale had, Yale was four of 30, I think, from three four until of 30. the final minute of the game. Until the final minute, and then they hit like four threes at the very end. Cool. But like, and ugh, what's crazy about it is like they come out and like we have, we have all these questions leading up to it that we keep talking about. And like, you know, it's been like the talk of, you know, everything in talk radio for SEC stuff and like on ESPN, like everything leading up to the tournament. And you keep thinking, like, how are they going to respond to this? How are they going to be able to handle all the adversity? And they come out swinging and they're up by like double digits in the first half. Like, well, pff, guess we guess we know now. And yep. then second half, just falling asleep. The scary thing for LSU and what, what has happened the last two games, the, the blueprint to beat LSU is out. Yeah. It's, it's play his own. It's adjust to his own in the middle of the game and watch their offense go from really comfortable and confident and they're, they're going in transition. All of a sudden, they, they see a zone, and when, when that defense is packed in, they're like, oh, I guess all we have to do is shoot 25-footers, and then we'll right. maybe somehow win, and it doesn't work like that. And if you're Michigan State, obviously Michigan State is going to see that on film because if an idiot like me can see it, then everybody right. can see it. But I, I don't know how this team is going to – I still question how they're going to be able to make adjustments down the stretch. Like, what – what guys like what Tremont Waters and Skyler Mays have done, yeah. When you when you lose the 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 lead like that, it's so tough to regroup. And oh, to, I would have shut down emotionally in like the sixteenth minute. Like I totally. would have never made it. But I mean, to their credit, it's not just one guy. It was Waters this weekend. Mays also right. had an incredible game. We think about what Nas Reed did in the tournament, like against Florida, hit those back to back threes. Like somebody keeps stepping up. And to their credit, 
they keep finding a way to win. Granted, they keep finding a way to almost blow it, but they also still find a way to win. So at this point, like, I don't know if they got voodoo going on or what, but like, I don't, I don't really want to pick against them. Yeah, I, I underestimated the heart of this team. I'll be the first to admit it. I, I, I did. I'm still skeptical just about how, how in the world they're gonna if they continue to live, live and die by this formula. Yeah. It's, it's a dangerous one, but you know what? It's a six-game tournament, and that's, that's what this will come down to. So, they get Michigan State in, in this Sweet 16 matchup. You get a week of Tom Izzo preparing for what what LSU is going to try and right. present. That's the interesting about about LSU's bracket is, and we assume this. I guess we shouldn't after the close finish yeah, that Duke today. just had against UCF. But you know, all Tony Benford has to do to get to a Final Four is just beat Tom Izzo and beat Co- beat Co- Coach K. Like simple that, enough, right? So I thought Auburn got the shaft and like having the worst possible uh, what do you call it, like seating and, and region, know, and, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Man, because Yale's not a bad team. I'll be honest with you. Yale's not a bad team. Maryland plays in the best conference, I think, in the country, Big Ten, in basketball. But, yeah, Izzo and Coach K back-to-back? Okay, so from a coaching standpoint, yeah, 100%. I actually think that LSU, like, if it was able to get through that first, um, all things considered, if it was able to get through Yale, which, not a given, I thought that the road in the two rounds after that were pretty favorable. Yeah. Because... Michigan State has a downside. I understand it, it is Tom Izzo, and you got to remember too with, with this team, they haven't nobody on that roster has been to a Sweet Sixteen. No, and they got a lot which, of injuries. Yeah, and they're banged up, and I, I think that they have a downside where you know, like on on Thursday, whatever it was, first round against Bradley, and it looks like it was right. Middle Tennessee all over again. And you're just like Michigan State, you should be much much better than this. And I yeah. understand that they're banged up right now, but they they have a downside where they can have these stretches where offensively they just look like a complete and utter disaster and if LSU can take advantage of that and can come out and just 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 give them a haymaker in the yeah. first 15 minutes you know obviously that that would bode well for them but I, I want to get to some uh some over-unders with this well, so real, real quick it's interesting like when you bring it up because they're like kind of polar opposites in how they've played in each and every game like coming out oh strong, yeah, yeah. Like, but I mean so if, like yeah I think that's the whole key to it if LSU can come out swinging and, like get a big lead not even like a huge lead like they've had but just keep their foot on the gas and stay confident like it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So let's do let's do some over-unders and then a prediction. And then I think a certain Edward he's in the house. Yeah, he may be in the house. He in the house. Oh, little teaser. All right. So let's do over-under. This is talking about the broadcast, of course. References to Izzo's first round outburst, which I am so sick of hearing both sides of that. Um, a thousand, you put it two and a half. Yeah. But way over that, way over that. My thinking for why I set that, uh, so low at two and a half was they'll mention it once at the top. And then if, um, and then they'll bring it up again when I can't remember the freshman who was involved in, you know, whatever. Yeah. Henry, um, they'll mention it whenever he does something like the first time he makes like a big shot or something like that. And then they'll, maybe they'll drop it after that because it's it's going to be beaten to death. Yeah, is a problem. I mean, I mean gosh. that whole thing was ridiculous. We don't have to get into it, but it was just it, it, it should have stopped as soon as the kid was like, "That doesn't bother me. I'm fine." Yeah, Scott Van Pelt had a great thing. On, yeah, he on, did. Uh, one big thing it was really good. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have. But um, all right, how about this? I set the over under for references to Will Wade. Just anything to do with Will Wade at six point five. Oh yeah, over, way over. I've. I've been curious about this because I was listening to the broadcast and they haven't met. I don't think they've mentioned it that much during LSU games. I think when it's like a bigger game like this, where like, I don't think this is going to be one of those things. Uh, there's been a couple games early where they've been blowouts from the get go. And I think if this one's a little bit closer and they don't have like coaching will be a much bigger factor against Tom is yeah. Michigan state. So that's why I think it'll be over six and a half. Yeah. I mean, I would tend to probably say over, but I, I swear like, I would have to go back and, and watch the tape from, uh, from from the Maryland game and see how many times they reference it. But it did not feel like that much. Like if you were yeah. if you were just a regular person watching that game and you didn't know that they had a suspended coach, I feel like you if you were doing other things, you probably wouldn't have even right. realized. It's it. Tony I mean, Benford's team now. They yeah, they so, forgot so, about so, Wade. They're over it. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, how about this? How about Nas Reed's made flat-footed threes? I set the over/under at one point five. God, I hope it's over fifteen. Yeah, let's. I'm oh, gonna say man. I'm gonna say it's at one, because if they're going if they're going well, he doesn't need to be outside shooting threes. That's true. That's true. Um, but he should. 
because it's all because I think he he's he only has one made in the first two games of the tournament, which is actually a pretty good sign for for LSU. Yeah. Um, but I just I love watching him shoot flat. He's so good. He's so, so good, good, man. He, I mean, oh god, that that Florida game. I was like, please don't shoot this. Okay, all right. Speaking speaking of Nasri, the battle with the bigs between guys like um, Bruno Fernando, Maryland. That was awesome. And Big B Williams, watching those guys go back and forth, that was so much Dude, fun. There was that like was a twenty great. minute or twenty second stretch, like when there was like under three minutes to go, right? And it was, it was like it was like watching like a lottery ball pop up because like no one yep. could get a hold of it, just going everywhere. They had like four or five opportunities to score or and or to grab a rebound. That was awesome. That was awesome. Was like, and the oh, guard that, play was fantastic. It was. It was a well played game. It didn't feel like a round of round of thirty two game. No. Definitely didn't. All right, prediction for this one. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, I, 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 I keep waffling on this one. I really do. I am going to take Michigan State. Hater. Because that was my original pick. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Michigan State finally. LSU's run of winning close games finally ends, yep. and I think Michigan State wins a down to the wire like 66-65 type game. I. I mean. If we're trying to be accurate about it, I want to pick Michigan State because at this point, when it comes down to not just like overall play. It comes out of coaching, and Izzo has a very, very big advantage over Tony Benford. I'm going to take LSU because I think they have a more talented team. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I really don't. I, and I, I really I don't didn't hate think it everyone on Twitter loves me and hates you. <laughs> I had somebody who was tweeting me like every time LSU like basically like made a shot, and yeah. then they got to the point where they were like, serves you right for picking against LSU in football, too. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a that, minute. I saw that. Come on. I, I was like, no, no. And then the person, I can't remember who it was, they're like, uh, oh, yeah, like, oh, my bad. Sorry. Uh, I love your articles. <laughs> I was like, that is exactly the result. Slashing I was thinking, out irrationally again? Yeah. Good God. All right, let's, uh, let's talk Kentucky because Kentucky is, I'd argue, more interesting now than uh, when they were at full strength with P.J. Washington. Got him. Um, Got him. Oh yeah, yo, my bad, my bad, Edward, Edward. Sorry, that God, I ain't got I'm a lot so of time sorry. right now. I'm on vacation. I'm sorry. Not You're right. Not as sorry as you gonna be. God, yeah. how you doing today? I'm I'm a little embarrassed for. for you ought to be embarrassed because you get case I pick it against us. I'm sorry. God, I made about five Twitter accounts just to talk crash you. Been a lot I of knew fun. that was you. Yeah, it had a certain flair. You can yeah, tell because I was misspelling, out. typing everything in all caps. God. <laughs> anyway, good to be back here on the SCS podcast. Don't. Don't, don't, don't. That's all I'm going to give you right now. I'm going to save it after the win. God, I'm down here in Cuba. Me and Mike the Tiger on vacation. We were watching that game the other day. We were trying to hide out from the FBI. Little thing we got going out here. LSU. We were down here. I was drinking watching that game. Had myself a Red Bull Alada. You ever had one of those? I know you're going to tell me what's in yeah, it. like a pina colada. Pina colada. But with Red Bull. I should have been able to put two and two together on that. That's my fault. Yeah, you probably should have. It's fine. I had about 27 of them. I got all excited. We real good at basketball. Now, I know we got a little coaching situation. They asked me if I want to coach. I told them I would help coach. I went to one practice, ran scrimmage. We had 73 charges. And, and we lost four walk-offs. Uh, not my best. I love basketball. I always love basketball. Uh, I actually tried out audition for Space Jam. That's Taz. And was and was the other side. I didn't get it. But anyway, Connor. Uh, things are looking up, LSU. I got a lot of money now. I'm going to put a lot of money down on us to be Michigan State and get Tom Izzo all mad, red-faced, and angry. I'm going to go back to my beach. So you're in Cuba right now. Yeah, what's that about, Coach? Uh, we, me and Will Wade. Well, he's not going oh. by Will Wade down here, but we just avoiding the FBI for a little bit down here in Cuba. FBI don't like Cuba. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Coach, that was in like the 60s. You should probably like, you know, they're over it now. Yeah, I think it's safe. Well, you know, Bay of Pigs, it's it's in the past. What do you call me, Connor? Well, I, well, my bad. All right, let's move on before you guys get into a fight. Um, yeah. Also, side note, I would love to see Zion and Ordron fight. That's the only person that could fight Ordron. Yeah, but I feel like it would have to be, um, I'd want it to be like a WWE style thing, like wrestling to where they're not actually getting hurt, but it looks like they're, you know, doing stuff that's for real. Like a fight to the death. No, I don't, I don't want that because I want both of them to live. Yeah, it's also the way I said it when I, out loud, it sounded like it was too much. 
Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, Kentucky, interesting opening weekend. Uh, they kill Abilene Christian, and then they barely hold on against Wofford, a game that uh, Fletcher McGee, who we heard all about on, on Thursday, he had, he's, he had the worst three-point performance ever in NCAA tournament history. It was 0 of 12 from beyond the arc. This is the all-time leader. Yeah, in how do you set the record for all-time three-pointers made in the NCAA, and then also the least amount and the worst shooting percentage ever in a tournament game? Kentucky's length bothered him yeah. a lot. It definitely did. The, the length of Kentucky was very, uh, very length? bothersome. Uh, length, length. Have you ever noticed people, a lot of there. people say that? No. Chris Weber says length. Oh, gosh, I hate when people say I've milk. Watched, I've, watched, milk. I've watched way too much basketball this yeah. weekend. I've I've picked up on a lot of very weird things. That the Coke commercial, by the way, with the vanilla and the in the orange. Give me a break. Nobody I think that's more that. relatable than the length thing. I think people probably were also tired of that. No, people know people know length. They know. They don't know what I'm talking about. Um, all right, so Kentucky doesn't have P.J. Washington for this weekend, and it showed. I mean, yeah. against Wofford, it showed. It definitely did, and they you know, really struggled offensively for, for much of that game. Every time where you felt like, all right, Kentucky's going to blow this out, they're going to make it a 15-, 16-point game, they just never quite could, and it's tough to figure out an identity late in the season when you just take your leading scorer out. Right. And I am very skeptical now of whether or not P.J. Washington is coming back because – it sounds like Cal is preparing for life without him right. based on some of the things he said before and after the game. And obviously, you know, from I guess from a public standpoint, it makes sense that he would say that because you want your next opponent to assume that he's not going to play. But even if he does come back, um, I don't know if he's going to be at his full capacity or anything. So I, I question now just what Kentucky looks like and if they if they have this 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 ability to potentially make a Final Four to get to a national championship when I I don't know I, I think all the all things considered with the Wofford game with with McGee not shooting well and it still was that close I don't think that's the best sign yeah but to be fair I mean Tyler Hero had a terrible game he had a miserable game shooting um, it, it, yeah you're right like I mean that game that guy he he's the all time leading three point that makes the no shots sense. he was making on Thursday he just had to make one he just had to make one. Yeah. Um, what was the other kid's name, by the way? It was Spencer McGee and what? Oh, um, uh, Stormy, Storm Murphy? No, yeah, no, yeah Storm, Storm Murphy. Murphy. That sounded like, again, like extras from like Anchor Band. That was ridiculous. Those are ridiculous names. I hope they started like a law firm together. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that standpoint. Like, they could have easily lost, but at the same time, they did more than enough to win, especially in the second half. Like, there were times when it got close, but they did kind of extend the lead out when they when they had to, and... Wofford, man, I, I thought that was a pretty tough draw for Kentucky, like right off the bat, because Wofford could shoot. Like Wofford was ranked twentieth in the country. Yeah, I mean, and they had, they came in with a long winning streak. They had lost since December. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's you know, in, in the second round, I mean, you're you're going to face a team like that that can shoot lights out. Yeah. Or I mean, Kentucky played played really well defensively. That, yeah. That's the difference in that game. And I actually, I mean, the, the difference in, in that game, in my opinion, was Reed Travis. I yes. He was tremendous. Having a guy like that. Uh, with with some experience right. in the first NCAA tournament for him. But I thought that he was so valuable down the stretch and having him in the post and getting some of those key rebounds yeah. late in the game. I, I don't know if Kentucky wins that game without him. Well, so there's a lot, there was a lot of times, not a lot, there's a few times late in the game where they did look uneasy, like in their offense, because they didn't have P.J. Washington to go to. You could just see like a little bit of like anxiety or like second guessing like from, from Tyler Hero and, and just in general, like they couldn't get into the flow of their offense. Yeah, and I, Hero, Hero and Keldon Johnson just have to be better offensively. If yeah. they're going to be without P.J. Washington, they, they need those guys getting at least like 15 a game. Yeah. It's, it, moving forward, I mean, the teams are just too good for Kentucky to be that poor offensively. Um, they just have to have more of an identity. I think that if you're a, t- if you're a person like yourself who picked Kentucky to win it all, how are yeah. you feeling right now about this team and not knowing the 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 status of PJ Washington? Well, I didn't know PJ Washington was out when I picked my bracket, so that was frustrating. Well, yeah, I don't think I think a lot of people that that were very confident in Kentucky and still felt good about them after the Tennessee loss yeah. were under the impression that PJ Washington was going to be fine. I mean, I still like from what I heard, which is not from any like reliable sources, just Twitter, that he was going to be potentially back for next week. I mean, I don't think they have to push him against Purdue. I think, so the thing about, like, games like against Wofford, who's a very good team, by the way. This is not just, like, some Cinderella story. Like, they were a very good team, ranked in the top 25 throughout the year. Again, hadn't lost since December. When you're in a matchup like that, I know that, like, Kentucky travels so well. So that entire place is just filled up with, like, Big Blue Nation. But at the same time, anybody that's just, like, a a spectator, they are 
they instantly become a, a fan of the underdog in a situation like that. So I feel like the momentum like probably probably had a huge factor in that game. I I, I still feel fine. UNC looks yeah, good. Yeah, Kentucky's not gonna see. Kentucky's not going to see Purdue. Tennessee will see Purdue. We'll get to that oh, in, in a second. Why did you say Kentucky's going to see the winner of Ohio State. Oh, yes, yeah, right. Oh, then, yeah, I, I, I don't feel bad about or Yeah, I don't feel bad about that at all. UNC scares yeah, so, me. Yeah, that that's and that's maybe the bigger the bigger question going forward is does Kentucky have enough offense to stay on the floor with a team like UNC? Or I mean, even or like picture Kentucky playing against that Auburn team. If Auburn somehow beats UNC, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute here. But I I have a lot of questions about just. Teams that are this young, figuring out this late in the season when you get something thrown at yeah. you like that. I think it's really difficult. And, you know, I know I've talked about it with LSU and just having to make these adjustments on the fly. Maybe Kentucky can do that as well. But they are going to need to be better than the team that we saw on Saturday for them to make it to the final. I completely agree. I mean, I don't, I'm not as concerned with, like I said, the Sweet 16 matchup. The elite, I mean, UNC is, they are, did you watch them today? Yeah, so UNC was, I mean, I think... And we'll get into this in a little bit. But a team that plays their style, that, that up-tempo style, if you allow them to get into a rhythm, I mean, you'll just get run off the floor. Yeah, I mean, Texas A&M last year was so good at being able to slow them down. Yeah. And that's why A&M was a horrible matchup for UNC yeah. in the second round because they could work in the half court and they were very content to stay in their right. offense. And if you're if you're not going to be a team willing to do that, then UNC is going to run you out of the gym. Well, we've seen so, games before, like Kentucky, that Tennessee game in the semifinals of the SEC tourney. You know, like that's not that's not the kind of game they want to get into. It's just like a back and forth, constantly like high, just high scoring the entire game. But they can still do it. I mean, I know they fell apart in like the last minute and a half, so probably not my best example. But you know, the other fifty eight and a half minutes were great. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. It's very true. Um, all right, so let's do some over unders for for Kentucky. Um, if PJ Washington is is out. How many shots of him sitting on the bench are we going to get? I set the over <laughs> under at ten. They need it, a medical tent. Way over man. against Wofford. You're taking the, you're taking the over. No, I'm saying they need a medical tent. I'm definitely taking the over. Oh, they should definitely yeah. take. Yeah, get get a medical tent for him because we've seen what it can do for Tua. Yeah, I mean, I know he didn't win the national championship, but still oh, worked man, wonders. Why I regret saying it, but yeah, um, I'm saying over ten. He's gonna have that stupid little scooter with him. Yeah, and he's gonna be wearing one of those. Um, it's it's weird in college how they don't they don't really dress up they just kind of wear team gear when yeah. they're out. Uh, I, I, well, except for the Calipari's son, Calipari's kid was. Is that who, what is guys. he was dressed up like the uh, the guys from Blanket a Box from the SNL skit? Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm not gonna say it was. Yeah, uh, earned not given. It's like an early '90s um, R&B singer, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I think the over is probably the safe play. But 10, yeah. you know, I feel like I actually did the math on this. Uh, it was So 10 is saying like once per every TV timeout because every t- right. TV timeout is four minutes. Um, so, yeah, I think that that could definitely definitely happen in this one. I really thought that, that one out. That's good. I actually did. I actually did, yeah. All right, how about this? References to last year's um, Kentucky meltdown against Kansas State in the Sweet 16. I set the over under at 2.5. So you should have had that one at 10. Do you think they're going to reference it a ton? Oh, my God, yes. As, like, a form of motivation, as, remember what happened last year? But I set it low because this is such a different Kentucky team. They have so many different players. Some some of the key figures of that team last year are gone. And so how much of it is really just more of a Cal thing right? as opposed to, like, you know, his his freshman worrying about what happened last year? No, I mean, I think, like, they're going to reference this a lot. Um, it's, if it gets close in the second half, that over is going to hit, like, in the last 10 minutes alone. Yeah, and last year against Kansas State, man, that was horrible. That was awful, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a I don't true think they're going to – I mean, if they have to play Ohio State, that could be – that's a perfect matchup for them because they don't have a oh, great yeah, offense. No but Houston would be – that could be tough. Houston would be tough. So, um, w- it, along those same lines, though, and we'll, I, I, I was going to go to the prediction, but I don't want to jump the gun on that. Um, how about how many references to a possible Kentucky-UNC matchup are we going to get? Because some of this is dependent on, I, and I haven't looked at the schedule yet, if UNC is playing before Kentucky. I would assume Kentucky's playing first. but Kentucky's playing first because they played yesterday. Okay. Okay, so they won't be. It won't be like UNC is just waiting there right. for them on the bracket. They won't be able to move them across yet. And nope, like this UNC Auburn thing. I think people saw what Auburn did Man. over the weekend, and they're like, "You're not penciling anything in just yet." So I set the over under really low at this one at one point five. So basically, are there going to be multiple references to the possibility of this matchup and there being a rematch of what we saw a couple of years ago? 
I'm going to say under, like strictly for what you said. Because okay. they're not going to know. And, and, and the Auburn is like, oh man, Auburn's playing really well right now. So I don't think they can like disrespect Auburn that way. Plus, Charles Barkley would kill him. This is true. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, literally. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. Okay. Because we're recording this, like I said, we're recording this right now. It is 9.30. And I don't even know. This, I don't know the score. It's 27-25. Is Houston winning? They are. Okay. So I'm going to say this. If, if Houston wins and beats Ohio State, I think Houston beats Kentucky. I have that in my bracket. What? Yeah. I think the way that Houston defends right now, especially, I think they're number six in the country in defense. They play a, a defensive brand of basketball that is really, really tough to prepare for. And I think if you're a team that's trying to figure it out offensively, which Kentucky is right now, yeah. that is not going to bode well. I understand the talent is there. And it would be a big letdown for Kentucky, but I think that would be one of those down-to-the-wire yeah, games. Pretty big that, letdown for me, Connor. I haven't won the whole yeah, national championship. I'll say this. If it's Ohio State, that's give me Kentucky walk, by dude. 20. That's, is Aaron Kraft still there? I feel like he's probably still there in some, some kind Jared of Jared Solinger still there, too. Probably has to be. <laughs> Such a, a good team. reference. What's your prediction for this? I got... Uh, don't get distracted. I see you getting distracted right now. I don't like that. Well, I'm looking at the games because we're recording it during the games. And I'm just, man, I, I mean, I've got Kentucky winning. That he, either, either or. Yeah, I mean, like, I think they'll pull away. The Houston thing will be closer than I want it to be. But Ohio State, they will beat by, by 15. I think, it's a, I think it's a brutal matchup if they have to see Houston. I don't think it's a brutal I, matchup. I just, I, I just think from, a, from what they can do defensively and what Kentucky's weakness is right now, yeah. I mean, I think that would be really, really But tough. also in the same sense, like, you get four days to repair and you have the best coach in college basketball. I'm sure, and they and they're like, we're not giving them enough credit for what they can do offensively, just because of the brand they play. True. People forget last year, Houston was basically a buzzer beater, three away from beating Michigan. Yeah, I had Houston pick to win that game. I had Michigan in the national championship, so I was very happy. Okay. Anyways, nobody cares about our brackets, but let's move on to Auburn because Auburn oh, set the world on fire against Kansas. First round game against New Mexico State. That last 73 seconds <laughs> was a thing of beauty. I wrote about it for, for SDS. If you have not read it, please please check it out. Do me a favor and make me look good. Um, but that last 73 seconds, before we talk about what they did against That was Kansas, a soft opening to the office. That was cow. so uncomfortable. And, like, again, everyone knows this. I'm a Bama fan. Like, I, This Auburn team is so much fun to watch. And I'm, I'm pulling for them because I had them picked for the bracket. Just, like, it's good for the SEC. That was awful. I, I, I like... I didn't even know what to say. Auburn what were they, is, what is, happened? Auburn is basketball heroin. That's what they are at this point. What? You can crash. They can crash and burn like that so quickly, but apparently the high that they can go on and oh, the level wow, that this, they can play on is just crazy. If like, anybody would have like, bet before we ever started this podcast that who would have made a heroin reference in comparison to but, sports? But, and here's what I'll say. I think I'm addicted to it. Oh, my God. I can't God. stop watching Auburn. <laughs> Stop. Well, I'll tell you what, addiction. dude. I like them, but Kentucky's like meth. That actually seems kind of accurate. Um, no, Auburn, like, they, they really are. This team is so much fun to watch. And as a guy that it's hates awesome. Kansas, I just hate Kansas. Like, for them to come out, like, there was, it was never in doubt. It was never in doubt, start to finish. God, Okay, fun. so the, the Kansas game was the epitome of what we think Auburn can be. And yeah. winning their 10th straight game and all this, like... I thought their sixth game in ten days that was going to be a little bit it was going to be a little bit tough for them to get going. Obviously, that wasn't the case at all. Right. The elevation had no impact on that whatsoever. What I do think, and what we found out from this ten day stretch, it sucks to play Auburn on a quick turnaround. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> you just don't have the legs to su- to shut them down, and they're going to play fast no matter no matter how if you like it or not. And if Bryce Brown is shooting like that, oh my god, forget about it. Well, and then Harper was back. Yeah, and Harper was caught caught some heat too, and he was Good unconscious I mean, for like those a three two minute are like stretch. That, that is, like, I mean, Bryce Brown. Like, I, I made a joke about it. Also, Bryce Brown from Sun Mountain, Georgia. Um, I made a joke about it. Like, when's the last time he missed a three pointer? If him and Harper are hitting like if, at any point, at, like any stretch of the game, it doesn't have to be for the entire game, but like they get hot in, like a five minute stretch, they will bury you. Oh, it was it was unbelievable watching those two go, and and for most of that game against New Mexico State, I, I know that they had you know trouble. <laughs> Being able to 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 kind of close that one out, um, and they did pretty much everything wrong that you could possibly do in the final seventy three seconds. Everything, of the game. like everything, yeah. <laughs> with the exception of like Bruce Pearl getting teed up. That was about the only thing missing from that. How much do you think um, he sweat during the, just those seventy three seconds? 
I think he went from he probably sweat at least six seven pounds yeah. in that game. I think he made weight. Like that was good God. Yeah, like that was the time to be cutting down a weight class in, in wrestling for sure. He he definitely would have been been fine doing that. It was watching watching him on the sideline was almost more entertaining. Like it was it was so nerve wracking just from like a because it was it was like watching this slow car wreck. Yeah, but just, then <laughs> I, I have no idea why that guy uh, New Mexico State doesn't take the the wide open layup to tie the game. Oh. That will, that's one of the most baffling decisions I've ever seen. And he passes it up instead to the open guy for the three who gets fouled. And yeah. See, I never, I never thought it was in question that they were going to win until, until uh, they got the ball back with like 17 seconds. I was like, wait, this is actually going to, this is really going to happen. Thank God they didn't what? lose. But like what, what's impressive about Auburn is they get like, I feel like they, they don't get as much respect as they deserve because they've been so inconsistent throughout the entire season. And they've obviously caught fire now, like in March, they're undefeated in like uh, in the entire month. What they've won like nine or 10 in a row. Ten or ten or So every time it seems like they've kind of I don't know like lost that momentum or like after the New Mexico State game people start to doubt them. They got to play Kansas and it's like a you know the points spread was like just one point and they just come in and just prove everyone wrong just like they did in the SEC championship game against uh, Tennessee. So that really excites me for that aspect of it for UNC. Yeah. So this matchup with UNC. Oh my God. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so fast paced. We're gonna have both of these teams. Putting up shots galore. They both can, can catch fire, trading threes back and forth. It, it's going to be great. It, it really is kind of a, a, a dream matchup in a, in a variety of ways. For like, if you could draw up two teams yeah. that don't have history or anything like that, and you could just say, I want to watch a basketball game and I don't have a rooting interest. Why'd you say this like is that? the perfect game for that? I, I'm just saying, I want to watch a basketball speaking. game. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I agree with you. And like, they, the line came out already. UNC is a five and a half point favorite, which I think is fair. Kind of like kind of expected. That's fair. But the over under was one sixty two and a half. Oh, I was okay. I was so close. Right, one sixty two. So let's let's get to that. Um, I set the over under without knowing that. I set it at one sixty. Yeah, spot on. It actually opened at one sixty and was immediately or one fifty nine and was bought up to one sixty two in the first day. Okay, so I'm I'm in that range. Are you taking Are you taking the over? I mean, you got to take the over in this. I'll game, probably right? tease it like an idiot, but like I mean, here's the thing: UNC is gonna they're gonna get their points. That's just the bottom line. They're going to get their points. What scares me about about the over in this one is we have seen when Auburn can be a little bit streaky um, and like where those shots aren't falling. I just wish they were playing tomorrow. Like, like oh, I know. Just keep this thing I think rolling. they do too. Yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, that, that's how that whole game is going to go. And like UNC is so talented and they're so quick. They can score in so many different ways. Auburn, it's not that they can't score in as, like, as many ways, but like they are, like they live and die by the three. Auburn is a, is is going to be a, a tough team to prepare for. I know you, you get the extra rest and it helps. It's going to help UNC, yeah. but just like having to prepare for a team that can shoot from anywhere on the floor and can right. get that hot, you can't get any airspace whatsoever. Um, I, I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. How about the over under for total three pointers attempted in this game? This is both teams combined. I set the over under at fifty five. I would say under because that seems unreasonable. But I mean, Bryce Brown might shoot fifty five shots. I mean, I don't know. Could be feeling it. Yeah, yeah. I think because uh, Auburn attempted 30, I think, and then UNC was somewhere in the 20s in, in, uh, in their win against Washington. You remember the, so in, like, I feel the, like 55 is fair. second half of the Tennessee-Auburn game, the, the SEC championship, there was like a four or five like possessions in a row where each team hit a three, just back to back to back to back to back. That's how I feel like this whole game is going to be. It's basketball. But also with Luke May. <laughs> Man, Luke May. The ageless wonder. He's the Hunter Renfro he, of college Just basketball. with a terrible chin strap beard. Hey, I mean, at least at least he's got the goatee, too. If he just had the chin strap, that guy would get he made fun looks of looks like a so made-up character much. on, like, Dance Dance Revolution. He kind of does. He kind of does. I can see that. That's a really good Best effort. of luck, Luke. <laughs> How many uh, side-by-side comparisons are we going to get of UNC's basketball history compared to Auburn's basketball history? I said the over-under at 1.5. I'm, I, that's interesting. I'll say under because I think they'll do it at the beginning. But yeah, I mean, I think they'll do it at the beginning, and then if Auburn is winning late, it'll be like a hey, wow, look at look at this, look at look at Aub- yeah. what Auburn could potentially be doing um, to a team that obviously has way more history than them. Auburn now Bruce Pearl's resume, maybe Bruce with Pearl's resume is is good, yeah, good all things considered, but not like Roy Williams' resume. I hope just, they put them side by side though. Roy Williams still takes the cake. Yeah, that's out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's do a prediction for this. And I feel like because of this game and what we've talked about with the points, we should also add a, a final score for this one. So what do you, what do you got for I mean, a final score? They just finished playing like three hours ago. We got all these predictions already. I love it. I. Oh man, this is I, like I, the overs. That's so many points. I wanted to pick Auburn like when the, when it came out. I'll definitely take Auburn to cover five and a half for sure. Um, and Auburn is a really good second half team. So I'll take Auburn to cover, but I, I think UNC will probably win outright. I think UNC wins 84 to 77. Yeah. And I think that Auburn hits a three you... in the final seconds to cover and hit the over. That's not Because the... the over maybe will come down a bit. Oh, no, the over would have to be you one. Literally, you, your bet was just a push. No, okay, so I, I think that Auburn's going to hit a three in the final few seconds to. Uh, to, to 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 allow the over to hit. That's what I think is going to yeah. happen. But UNC, UNC wins this game by by seven points. I mean, Auburn, what Auburn has to do in this game, especially, is that they cannot. Jared Harper has to stay in control of himself, and he cannot get too excited and like that Tennessee game. He just was not the same player he was the entire season. Just out of control, like making very simple mental mistakes. He has to just they just give Bryce Brown the ball, let him shoot, and Okiki, good God. Have you seen Have you seen Kobe White play a lot? Kobe, UNC point he guard? looks just like Tony Brown. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. He actually, that's 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 a really good reference. Crazy Tony. Crazy Tony. Um, he, I, he's like Russell Westbrook. Like the way oh, the speed man. that he that he plays at, where you just you have no idea what to expect, what he's going to do. But this the, is the first the time that I'll actually be able great. to match up with that with with Harper because Harper's yep. equally as fast, if not faster. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I, this is the game that I'm actually most looking forward to, um, no doubt about it. They Just timed points. they timed uh, Harper or it was one of them, one of the two guys uh, in one of the games this weekend, and he went down from like the other end of the floor in three point four seconds or three point six seconds. Kind of, it would have taken wow. me thirty seconds, like minimum. I think you should. That's that seems like a, a personal problem with you. You might have an injury. If I wasn't even going to dribble a basketball. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but it's, they're both really fast. You'd be like Stanley dribbling a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, let's talk Tennessee because Tennessee, uh, what Christ. Auburn had in the first round, uh, Tennessee had in the second round. I'll, I'll give you a little fun little uh, peel behind the onion here. So uh, Tennessee gets it out to like a 25-point lead. And it was exactly was- 25 points. <laughs> Yeah, 25 in the in the first half, I'm saying, like, was when I had this realization. Um, and so, you know, Sunday, you know, you do, like, chores and stuff. And, you know, we go grocery shopping on Sunday afternoons. And I was like, all right, this is this is over. Let's We yeah. can go grocery shopping now, whatever. And um, so my wife's got Tennessee winning it all. And, and, by the way, in a pool that you are in as well. Yeah. And so uh, I check my phone, like, as we're loading groceries into our car. Shout out Publix. And um, <laughs> we're... And I'm like, oh my God, it's a nine point game. And then so the entire car ride home and like as we're unloading groceries was so tense because it's like, oh man, like you, you just don't want to check your phone. Like right. You don't want to see, oh, I was made it a four point game. Oh my gosh, I was down one. And so and Iowa was not that, that game, good. I was not that good, but Iowa can catch can catch fire. Okay, here's what here's my biggest takeaway from that entire game. One, yes, the, the officiating was garbage. That's not why Tennessee Oh terrible. that's not why Iowa got back in the game. But so if you looked at this like all of the sharp money going on this game was on Iowa. Like, all of it. Action Network, they had, I think, like, their experts, it was, like, 8-1, to one, like, in favor of Iowa, covering the 8.5-point spread. And I was like, there's no way that Tennessee doesn't come out in the first half and dominate them. Iowa's not that good. They're, like, they were terrible. They limped into this tournament. And yeah, they were, they were awful down the stretch. Awful. They were really bad. And everything that I thought was going to happen in the first half did. They didn't, they didn't look that great offensively. Tennessee did. They looked awesome. Um, and they were up by 20 points at the half or 21 points at the half. I, I just thought it was over. And then I, 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 I've never seen Grant Williams and Admiral Scope. They're so talented. They're too talented to have that happen. Yeah, it was it was bizarre to watch that. Tennessee had a roller coaster first couple of rounds because they deal with the pressure of like, you know, the Colgate thing. I kind of get yeah, it because it's it's your first three. time being this. You know, you're you're the hunted, and you're you know everybody knows that 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 you're one of these you know expected teams yeah, to, to maybe go all the way, team. Final Four pick. 
And, you know, I, I, can, I, I can't even remember. It was it Jordan Burns, the guy in Colgate, who just went off. Yeah. Made, like every shot. guy was like five foot nothing. Um, but so I kind of get that and like why it took him a little bit longer to get going. But yeah, the comeback in the second half, Jordan Bone, I love Jordan Bone. He was not good no. in the second half. He was not good at all. He was not decisive. And Tennessee showed some vulnerability that obviously you, you need to be able to correct if you are going to be one of these teams that can, that can make a run to Minneapolis. Right. And I think that... The way, though, that this game was handled, and I'll say that what's positive for Tennessee moving forward is surviving something like this yeah. and what they went through opening weekend. If you can get through this, there's there's no situation that you're going to feel like too nervous for moving forward because, you know, you, you have that big exhale moment when you get into overtime and, you, and you, you're able to balloon this lead out. And the amazing thing was all this is happening with Admiral on the bench. Yes, and, uh, like so. That was my most. That was my my the most impressive part to me was that nobody lost their composure throughout the entire event. I, like I would have been teed up or had like some kind of like tacky foul out of frustration so quickly. And like because again, they weren't getting any help. Like they weren't helping themselves. But the refs were. It wasn't like it was one side. I don't want to say they were out to get them, but there were so many. This happens. We talked about this earlier. My least favorite part about college basketball, especially March Madness, is the referees get on the stage and they. Uh, not all the time, but a lot of times, kind of make it about themselves. Shout out Teddy Valentine. Dude, the, Nobody does it better than you. If you crow hop, if you crow hop to make a charge, like that's that's <laughs> so that. why? Like it makes no sense. Like you're obviously <laughs> caught up in the moment, like it, and you're making it about yourself. But like when they call that that uh, foul on the on the block, I forgot who, who on Lamonte Turner's block. Oh my god! Yeah, and the guy who called it was the, the furthest away from it. He was across the court. Yeah. It was, yeah, there were horrible calls back and forth uh, down the stretch. But I, the the takeaway for me watching that move that Rick Barnes made was incredibly gutsy. And at the time, you're watching it in real time, and you're thinking, okay, Admiral's got four fouls. It's overtime. What in the world is he saving him for? And everybody's like kind of freaking out, like, why is Admiral not in this game? Why is he not in this game? Yeah, there's and no next find game, out after. <laughs> yeah, there's no next game. You kind of can't, last game of the season, can't hold anything back. Um that we find out after that Admiral and Lamonte Turner both told Rick Barnes to keep Kyle Alexander, in, Kyle Alexander in the game because defensively he was doing more than what Admiral was going to be able to do with four fouls. And that just kind of speaks to the trust that Rick Barnes has in his players and to be able to empower them to make yeah. a decision like that in that moment. For Admiral, this, who Admiral has had everything you know positive written about him in the last couple of years, for him to step away and, and have the presence of mind to look at that situation and say, I would be hurting my team if I was playing defense right now keep Kyle Alexander in this game was unbelievable. That just kind of, to me, is another little wrinkle of what makes this story so special. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe he quit on his team, but other than that, it was pretty... <laughs> I mean, no, like, you're, you're spot on. Like, it, what's weird about, especially with how this game turned out, because the Colgate thing is, you're right, like, people forget, Colgate was the number one three-point shooting team in the country after, like, from February 1st on. Like, they, they were lights out from three, and they showed it in that game. What was weird about this game was... That collapse is concerning, obviously very concerning. But yeah, it's it almost oh, no like doubt. like it makes you like kind of shaky in your confidence in them. But it, the end result makes me way more confident than I was before because of like like you said how they handled everything and keeping their composure late and like it, it makes that when the Iowa who was the kid Bohannon who like Bohannon. with both hands shoved somebody on, on a pick and they both got called for fouls. How Rick Barnes didn't get teed up like that whole team? They're such a cohesive unit and they're all on the same page like. There's so much trust. There's so much trust with them. And like Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield, it's going to be hard for anyone to take the championship away from them, especially that top region. Yeah. Uh, I think if, if you're if, if you're a Tennessee fan, you can spin it as a positive. If you, <laughs> if you are jumping off the Tennessee bandwagon after what you saw opening weekend, you could probably spin that pretty easily. Yeah. Too. So um, let's get to some, some over-unders for this matchup with Purdue because they're going to face Carson Edwards, who just dropped 42 on the defending champ. Somebody who came in to the NCAA tournament, very inconsistent from a shooting standpoint. He right. had like an eight-game stretch that was just really, really rough, but he was a leading scorer in the Big Ten, somebody who has been there and very experienced. So um, I set the over-under at Carson Edwards' three-point attempts at 12.5. That seems like a lot. His first 10 shots, I think, that he took against Villanova were threes. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll take the over on that one. Yeah, I think um, the average is like eleven a game or something like that. That yeah, I'd say that. And, and Tennessee does not defend the three very well. They they haven't exactly. done. I mean, again, if I would have hit a few more, like, it could have been a different story. Jeez, I, I still can't like just bring that game back up. Like I, and my blood pressure is like 
going through the roof again. So let's talk about that. How <laughs> many how many references are we going to get on the broadcast to the blown lead against Iowa? I think I went too low. I'm going to adjust on the fly here. I originally had the over-under set at 2.5. Now I'm going to change it to 4.5. See, I was going to say under either way. Oh, you're going to say under? Yeah, right? because, I mean, they ended up winning that game. That was the ultimate, you know, that was the end result. But, you know, that's what matters. Especially, like, the whole motto of this thing, like the old cliches, like survive in advance, survive in advance. That's, you know, with a panic attack involved as well. Like, that's what they did. Here's the thing. If Tennessee goes up 10 oh, in the first half, you're going to get references to that constantly. And if Purdue goes on, like, you know, Tennessee goes up 10, and then Purdue has a little 6-0 run or something like yeah. that. Oh, yo, here we go again. Like, that type of stuff. Basketball is a game of runs, and I hope people... I, I say that so it. much. It's a game of runs, and it's so crazy from that standpoint. But, like, what Iowa did is still obviously so so unprecedented. But I do think that that the over is going to hit on that because I think it's going to be a constant topic of, of conversation if Tennessee is leading, which I think they will be in this game. Okay, next one, last one. How many times are we going to hear Tennessee referred to as some form of of unselfish i think we've said it on this episode like yeah four times already <laughs> i set the over under at 5.5 i mean i don't know that's that's such an unselfish number that's so good i was gonna say the same thing <laughs> um i think uh, uh yeah probably probably over i mean that's that's one of the best ways to describe this team besides good i would take the over on yeah that as well um I haven't seen the what's what's what what's the line for so this it's, game again? So it was opened up at one and a half. Um, hold on, I put it in here, and I think the over under is one forty six and a half. So that's where like that's okay. where my knowledge would be. Let's talk about that. We have one and a half, ta- but that seems a little bit low. I would jump all over that. Yeah, um, I'm still taking Tennessee to win this game. Um, I've I've seen Matt. I've seen a whole lot of Matt Painter um, in in these situations yeah. before, and that's not to say that this team can't overcome that. Hell, brother, no, who hasn't, yeah. huh? You know how many Elite Eights Matt Painter has been to? One. As many as you and I combined. One? Good old goose egg. No. Really? Um, yeah. Purdue's been has not good been to too. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Purdue fans know this all too well. They get to this point, they get to the second or third round, and then it's that's all That's all. Yeah. I, I'm curious if that team kind of left it all on the table against Villanova. If they shoot like God. that, Tennessee is in trouble because they don't defend that well, and that would be a horrible matchup. But... I'm going to take Tennessee to win this game in another close game. I think Tennessee wins something like 73 to let's you know what let's just go with it 73 to 69. It'll be nice. I tell you what, if Purdue scored a bunch of points, then Tennessee's going to have a lot more than 73. Um, see, I mean that's that's I don't think this is even going to be close. I think it's like an eight point win easy. Like Purdue's really good, but like you're not going to shoot like that every game. You're just not. Yeah, and Purdue, the narrative with them has kind of been like, have this has this been a team that's that's overachieved? They they go as Carson Edwards does, and if yeah. he, has a, he has a rough shooting night, that's kind of all she wrote for them. But um, I mean, Tennessee yeah, is just so be... talented with so many different. I mean, like, and they just keep coming at you again, like kind of like UNC. Like I don't think they put up as many points as UNC, but you know they're in the top ten in the country in offensive efficiency. Offensive efficiency. Yeah, the depth is there. I, I want this Tennessee thing to continue. Yeah. Like I said, watching Tennessee and Auburn, really all these these SEC teams, it, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, for in the, their own unique way, I think that all of these teams have brought us so so much entertainment in the last couple of weeks. I know we kind of we kind of hopped onto this thing late. We could admit that, but to see what Tennessee all and Auburn? Of these teams, yeah, yeah I mean, like thirty two and, and a half years, Cutter. I, like I've never <laughs> found myself like like genuinely cheering. For two teams more, because they're so much fun to watch. Like the Tennessee is like more of like a man, like you really want it for those guys because like they've you know been through a lot. And like Admiral Schofield is just so likable. But God, oh, Auburn's fun I, to watch, man. They really are. They, that's I'm, like what I'm, Gus Malzahn wants his office offense to be. That's a good point. We're, we're gonna get that trademark, by the way. Um, they are definitely basketball heroin. That is Auburn. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we should do that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, so. We uh, we're gonna continue to do these these uh, these two two times a week podcasts. And before before we sign off, we've got a few things to get to. So we've got fourth and wrong. And I know we that do. it's you know we're talking March Madness and stuff, but we still want to do fourth and wrong. And then we've got a little little office bracket update. Oh yeah. So let's 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 do fourth and wrong. Are we only gonna do the first three on that? Uh no yeah I'll give you the first three. We'll do the first three on here in the All Google right. Doc. You guys know what we're talking about. A little peel behind the onion. Um. Yeah, we should do some more gambling breakdowns for, for the midweek podcast, too, going into the weekend. It's not a bad idea. Oh, there we not go. a bad idea. Um, okay, first question on fourth and wrong. This is sent from Will Duthrill on Instagram. Where should me and my wife travel to next? 
if you are willing to go outside of the U.S., nope. Santorini. Oh, yeah. Santorini is uh, that's that's top notch. I'd say Santorini or Rome would be the two best. Um, that those are my two favorites outside of the U.S. Compared to like the I've been to like four different countries. That's it. I think um, I've anyway. been to none because these colors <laughs> don't run. Stay, if you're staying in the U.S., I think Denver is a great vacation. Ooh. I think Denver is a lot of fun because you get the mountains, you get the downtown. Downtown Denver is fantastic. You can be downtown Denver and then drive to the mountains you in 15 minutes. You need to just cool off a little bit, Connor. You're going to get drug tested soon if you keep up with this stuff. <laughs> um, so I, I like I didn't uh, say anything about that. You said heroin. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's true. I would go to Kentucky because the math. No, I'm kidding. I, I think I've never been to Austin. I really want to go to Austin because I think it's just because yeah. that taco foul from UCF played today, and I just have been really craving tacos all day now. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, they have a, like that's what one thing everyone says about that place. The tacos are great. Yeah, I got a buddy who lives there, and he's loves the tacos. So yeah, yeah that is factually correct. I've confirmed that. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you like tacos, Will the Thrill, but if you don't, go out of the country, Santorini. Don't come back. Tacos are great. Um, second question, if you could replace your co-host with any movie sidekick, who would it be? That's from Dustin Smith. All right, so I've got one, and this, oh, this is going to be... This going to hurt? This is obvious. No, this, this, I think this is, this is fine. I think it's pretty obvious, though. Um, I'd go with Goose. Um, what? Goose the is, guy that died? Yeah, I'd bring him back. I'd bring him back to life. He's got more to say. Is that what we're missing on this want... podcast, Connor? Is us not doing sing-alongs at bars? I mean, I think that there's room for that, but I, I think bringing Goose back, Goose was the perfect sidekick. Whenever Maverick was in trouble and he needed to be, you know, talked off the ledge and, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, Goose would be like, Maverick, like, come on, man, let's let's take it easy. Or, you know, when he's going to, to hit on what's-her-name and he's like, yeah, man, you got the confidence. He's doing, like, the Draymond Green, Kevin Durant thing. He's like, you got this, you got this. That's Goose. That's who I would want to have instead of you. Well, my main takeaway for that movie is that you can't depend on anyone because he died, so... Um, way too soon. Way, way too, too soon. soon. Uh, I wouldn't say Goose ever because at one point in that movie, they both wore jeans on a beach and played volleyball together. Had a lot of awkward high fives. So I respect your decision, but it's, I mean, we're not going to ever do that, so it's fine. I would say The Rock. Wait, what What sidekick is he in, in a movie? I, I mean, know. I know he's been in every movie, but... In like what, Jumanji what's... or in CIA. Isn't he the main character in that, though? Not in Jumanji. Who's the main character in Jumanji? I haven't seen that. Is Kevin Hart? I mean, it's like all four of the main characters. Well, then he's not a sidekick. Well, he's also the sidekick in Fast and Furious. Okay, that's that's maybe a better example. So Disqualify my dream. I seen that. Yeah, I don't think anybody considers The Rock a sidekick, though. I mean, I'm not going to call him that when he's on the podcast, but I'm just going to, like, hey, man, thanks for filling in. You, hey, you're, you can you're, host. Whatever. You're, you're going to replace me with The Rock. Um, it's it's a little bit of a downgrade, especially in the size department, but whatever. He's, Shoot your shot, man. He's in Atlanta right now, oh. so maybe we can make this happen. Um, let's see here. You know what? Me, you, Goose, and The Rock, we'll all get together. We'll play a game of volleyball. It'll be fine. Uh, right. This is my favorite one of the week. Favorite Christmas episode of The Office. That's such a strong, strong reference, too, because like th- those are some of the best episodes. That's from Real Joseph Bender. Um... I would probably go Benihana Christmas. Yeah. I love Dwight Christmas though. I think Dwight Christmas is really good. Dwight, yeah. I Benihana though is just it's got too many classic scenes and it's it's almost an unfair advantage when you have the the two part episode because you could just fit so much more stuff in there. Like when we talked about this before, like when they're sitting at the table and <laughs> Jim is trying to tell that's the best to part across the table to Dwight. That's the best part. How you kill a goose whole, the whole time. Um, <laughs> you cut its head off. This, and then Michael, when he marks his, his date with the marker at the end, I just, that I've never like, like related to something more than when they were walking out and he was like, come on, we're going to Asian Hooters. It's incredible. <laughs> it's inc- I mean, so, yeah, that's that was going to be mine for sure. Or the one where Phyllis is the, uh, is Santa. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah. And Michael, yeah, and then Michael is um, trying to sit on, uh, or he's trying to get Ryan to sit on his lap, and he's like, I need this. I right, need this. and he dresses up as Jesus. <laughs> he turns the robe inside out. Yep. Well, don't come to me when I'm ruining your party. There you go. Happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party's so long. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, yeah, just anything but Moroccan Christmas, I think we can all agree on. That one did suck, right? That one what was the one where, kind of a Was that the one where Dwight was selling those uh, like black market dolls, though? Those, that was pretty awesome. Uh, Princess Unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. My horn can pierce the sky. All right, we gotta move on. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great office tangent, though. Actually, that's gonna—that's the perfect segue. 
our office bracket is updated. The Sweet 16 is set. Yeah, yeah. If you have not seen the Sweet 16, make sure that you are following us on our social media accounts at SDS, at the SDS pod, and on Instagram. But I'm going to give you all the rundown for the Sweet 16 matchups. So in the Nashua, not Natua, Marler. In the Nashua, I was pronouncing the T as an SH to my defense. It's like a ch. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, overwhelming favorite number one seed taking on number four seed Diversity Day. Um, we know what's going to win that one. We've got uh, number three Gay Witch Hunt against number seven Office Olympics, which Office Olympics, Who did upset? biggest upset of the tournament, biggest upset, beat Goodbye Michael, number two seed. Very impressive. See, that one, that one upset me. But, you know, the episode before Goodbye Michael is actually better. I think, well, whatever. There's a lot of nostalgia that's kicking in. We'll, we're going to do, a, we're gonna do a, a podcast strictly related to our office bracket where when we break down the top episodes yeah. and just kind of the, some of the reactions to the poll. But um, I, I think that, it, that we're kind of seeing some of these trends early on. I think we're going to be able to kind of predict the way that some of these I'm things go. I'm so upset with myself because I, like, I had every opportunity to dethrone Dinner Party and take it down because I made the bracket. Like We get to the composite rankings, but I set the regions up. And I just I'm gonna, went in order. I'm going to save our no no no. I'm going to save our dinner party discussion for oh, yeah. another time. It's way too long to, to fit at the end of this, but we'll, we'll, we're going to come back to that. We we definitely will. I promise you that. Utica region. We've got number one seed Niagara against number four seed, maybe a little bit underseeded. Goodbye Toby. I'm very confident in Niagara because I think just a lot of people buy into the Jim Pam thing. A lot of people say that the office tailed off after Niagara after they got married, right. but whatever. So we'll let As life does that. when you get married. Am I right, y'all? I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, Allie's not listening to this, your fiance. That'd be yeah. bad. Um, that'd be really bad. No, that, but We've that got, one almost got beat by Beach Games. That was like 53 to 47, like, like percentage-wise, for the votes. Yeah, because Beach, Beach Games has the, you know, the big moment with Pam where she walks, she runs on the fire, yeah. and everybody's all like, oh my gosh, like Pam is like a real person with thoughts and opinions <laughs> and stuff. And they just make fun of her um, the next episode. Yeah, that's which was pretty funny too. All right, so uh, the number two seed, the Dundies, classic episode, Dude. taking on the most underseeded episode because of me. I and I'll this explain this later. Fault. Stress relief. So I got so much blowback, not not just on our, our regular like you know SDS accounts and all that stuff, but on my personal accounts when which I posted on have. my personal Facebook. I got so much flack. I'm going to save my explanation for why stress relief is a three seed for another time. I promise, though, and I, I've admitted it's my fault. I, I bear the the responsibility for for poorly seeding that one. But I'm the idiot. I that expect put stress it relief in the same on. region as Niagara, and then put Niagara and stress relief on the same side of the bracket as uh, as dinner party. Stress relief and dinner party is probably going to be the final four matchup. I'm just so throwing it out there. Um, all right. So in the Scranton region, we've got number one seed, the finale against number four seed, Casino Night. You're not a big Casino Night guy. I mean, I just think it's overrated because, like, what's weird is, like, that's, I think, purely the nostalgia part because it's where Pam and Jim first kiss. And, like, but other than that, it wasn't that funny. It's like an episode of Saved by the Bell. Like, Michael Scott had two dates. So what? Finale was the end. It was was the finale. Yeah, I don't think the finale is going to lose that one. Just a little prediction. Um, How about this? Number two, Threat Level Midnight against number three, Murder. There's been a murder. So, um, Threat Level Midnight beat what? Oh, no, it, so it beat Dwight Christmas. That was fine. I was a little bit upset that Murder beat Happy Hour. No, I think I think Murder's... You're, I think you're forgetting the end of that episode. Oh, no, that, that was the, the best Michael, part. Michael lashing out at Jim, and then, you know, the whole, like, David Wallace saying to Meredith, like, you know... Uh, or Meredith saying, uh, you know, do I have a job, David? Am I fired? Right. That whole like big celebration thing at the end of that. Spoiler alert. I thought you were talking about um, when they were all sitting there with their fake finger guns. And he's like, I'm not going down for this. Oh, that was the best part of the episode. Point. That's one of the best closing um, closing yeah. parts of, of any episode. Um, we'll get into that a little bit get more Get this. Later. Dwight also was a double agent. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, Buffalo region. Number one seed, Michael's Last Dundies, is taking on number four seed, Night Out. This is tough. I really like Night Out is one of my top underrated episodes ever. It's so funny. It's it's very good. The Michael Ryan dynamics in that episode are phenomenal. No, Dwight with the girls. That was the best part. The girl buys him a drink and he's like, Oh, Amazon. Nice try. It's so good. I think I'm gonna introduce her to my mom. Right. (laughs) He says what was the line he said? Like he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a bank teller. Ryan says always say you work in finance. And also, that's when Ryan, we found out he was doing um, heroin, like Auburn. 
There were signs earlier. There were definitely signs earlier. We're, Auburn's not doing heroin. Auburn. You don't know like that. Heroin. Okay, let's let, let's. Last last episode, uh, Oop, number two, the injury. One of my personal favorites against number six, Booze Cruz. I think the injury, based on what we saw from the first round results, has a very sneaky chance to win it all. The injury. The injury. So does. that was the closest vote out of any of the matchups in the first round. It was a, it was only, I think from Twitter. No, it wasn't. Eight, yeah, it was. No, the injury was was an eighty nine percent on Twitter. Was it Go Booze look Cruise? that up again. No, 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 no. I'm saying. Injury didn't face Booze Cruise in the first no, round. I'm saying it was Booze Cruise and Garage Sale. Was that the closest one? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yes, it okay. was. Injury was not because that was what made me think, okay, this this thing has a legitimate chance where the injury could go all the way. Yeah. But I think that's like such an iconic scene where he burned his foot. I mean, we've all been there. Um, I also, I love, just side note real quick, I love like when they do uh, Bob Vance's bachelor party and he like just, like two years later and they reference like the, the George Foreman grill. It's like, is that the grill you put your foot on? <laughs> <Is> this... <laughs> I got all the skin off. Um, no, I was really disappointed that Garage Sale did not beat Booze Cruise because Booze Cruise is not that great of an episode. Garage Sale is like when Michael proposes to Holly and then announces he's leaving. And it was an awesome, awesome scene. Also, like Sags is like, that's the start of the end. Booze Cruise wasn't that great. Booze Cruise was uh, good just for a lot of the like the random little scenes with Michael doing his dance solo was so funny. And then Jim basically looking at Amy Adams and saying, yeah, I don't know why we're together. Right. Um, this this is ridiculous. It's not a real wheel, he, idiot. <laughs> he, confides in, he confides in Michael and that kind of leads, I mean, that, I, I do like Booze Cruise, but I agree that it might be a touch, a touch overrated. I, so just, I, mean, I, I do expect that's to run did, like, uh, What's his name? Why can't I think of his name right now? Um, Roy, fake proposed again. We chose that over Michael's real proposal. I'm still upset with our audience. You're very upset with that. You're very upset. Um, all right, so we are going to continue to roll those out, our Sweet 16 matchups. We're going to do two a day, so it's going to distract you until the tournament yeah. starts. And then we're going to hopefully, we're going to, I think we're going to do our recap episode like a week from Wednesday or something like that. Are we I think we'll, we'll do it sometime soon. Uh, maybe a week from Wednesday. or like it, It's not going to be for a little bit, but we'll get to it. I promise. Um, this upcoming Wednesday, though, we did something uh, about a week ago. We did an interview with Candler Cook, former Georgia walk-on, who's basically like Georgia Rudy. Uh, he's got a book coming out. It's really, really good. We did this interview with him about a week and a half ago, um, and that's going to be coming on Wednesday's pod. We're going to talk... Uh, spring football on Wednesday's pod. We're going to maybe talk some gambling things with the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, but we're going to have a full loaded show, like I said, two a week for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. So get excited for it. We've got Facebook Live Monday night, 8.30 p.m.? 8.30 on Mondays. Okay. Good, good. Um, I'm glad to hear that you are sticking to that schedule and I'm not guessing like an idiot. Um, but please continue to vote in our office brackets. The interaction that we've been getting has been awesome. Continue to tell your friends about it. Say, hey, these guys are doing this office bracket and fill out your own and we'll we'll retweet it, send it to us. Uh, we, we've loved That's been the best part. being able to do this. Yeah, oh, I, I, it's, it's it's awesome. I'm getting to hear all, everybody's opinion on these episodes and stuff. And it's finding out who so. you don't want to be friends with on, online anymore. <laughs> it really says a lot, doesn't it? I, like that's, I think it's like religion, politics, and then office episodes. That's what I've learned in my 32 years. Yeah. I'd rather talk office than, than politics and religion, but who are we? Um, anyway, so, Coach O, I know you're in Cuba, but can we can we get you to, to, to sign off for us? I know you should be in a good mood right now. I just made it rain all over this tobacco store over here. I'm making my own cigars down here. Um, That's not legal. Yeah, no, it's not legal. Have uh, a great time on the show, God. Good to be back. Make sure you learn your lesson next week. Is O more like is no. It might mean too much. Talk to you Wednesday. <laughs>